You're listening to Root Lock Radio. Hello and welcome to Root Lock Radio, a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. My name is Weston, I'm your host. The beacon card for today's episode is death, and I'm going to reflect a bit on, in some ways, what was kind of a death card experience that I had about a year ago, a little over a year ago, when I was formulating one of those Instagram tarot challenges. Maybe you remember that. As I alluded to a bit last week, the justice card has been instrumental in some of the new concepts that I am presenting in this season of the podcast. And nowhere is that more true than in today's episode. I'm going to tell you a bit about my experience of creating this tarot challenge that involved cutting the Major Arcana journey in half and the sort of unanticipated difficulty of doing that. And also how this gave me a bunch of new insights in new ways to see the journey, the major arcana as a whole, and a few of the key cards of the journey. All of that emerged from just the idea of trying to kind of cut it in half. Then I'll introduce the concept of what I'm calling echo cards. So by slicing the journey in half, I began to see a connection emerge between the cards in the latter half of the journey in the cards in the first half of the journey. It is almost as if we go through the same lessons in the first half of the journey again in that second half, but in the second half they tend to be more challenging. And because of this connection, to me, seemed to be an echo of sorts, where the earlier card is brought to our attention to help us kind of navigate that more challenging nature of the later card, I decided, decided to call them echo cards. So this is one of a few ways that over the course of season four, we will look at how cards within the Major Arcana journey connect to other major cards. So let's get into this episode about Echo Cards. Thank you so much for listening. back at the start of the year 2020, I hosted a tarot challenge on Instagram called 2020 A Tarot Assisted Transition. This challenge was designed to create a reflective and intentional journey into the new year and the new decade, and I'm sure some of you participated or at least followed along. I tinkered around with the design of this tarot challenge some, but I knew I wanted it to be based on the major arcana journey and that I would come up with one question a day inspired by its corresponding major card. I thought I would start with the Fool and work up to the world, just following the major arcana, but after I thought about it for a while, I thought differently. We're ending one journey and starting another, so why not have the challenge try to capture this trajectory? So I decided to start 
halfway through the Major Arcana and then work through the second half of the journey for the last days of 2019, and then back at the beginning of the journey and work through the first half of the Major Arcana in the first days of 2020. And once I did that, all kinds of cool synchronicities fell into place that made the design seem just right. One is that with this design, the journey began on the winter solstice with the Hanged Man. And the Hanged Man was the beacon card of 2019. So that seemed like a great place to start. Why not start with the beacon card of the year that we're still in? With this design, the Tower card happened to line up with a solar eclipse. And from what I know about astrology, that seemed like a good match. And the Magician landed on New Year's Day, meaning that in the last half of the journey, The date also matched up with the card number, right? Because the magician is card one, January 1st was New Year's Day. And then the journey ended with justice on January 11th. And another thing astrology people were talking a lot about at the beginning of the year was the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that had, you know, a lot of people asking, what does 2020 alignment mean for me? And so I made that the justice-based question. Alignment was the word that I had been connecting to justice, and it seemed just right to consider what alignment meant as a conclusion to all of the self-reflection that we had been doing over the past few weeks. Now, for a long time, it has kind of bugged me that you can't really split the major arcana in half, and this is definitely something that came up when I was trying to do that to design this journey. I don't know why that bugs me so much, but it does. It's maybe a little bit of a perfectionism thing. So if you want to have three lines of seven cards, which I think is the best way to organize the major arcana cards, and if you don't know about that, I'll definitely talk about it a lot this season, uh, but it's definitely not my idea. I think I first came across that idea in 78 Degrees of Wisdom by Rachel Pollock, and I'm not totally sure that she came up with it either. I'm not sure, but definitely not mine. But, you know, you want those three lines of seven cards. And so to do that, you have to take the Fool out of the equation, which makes sense. The card, the Fool is card zero. Zero is not really a number. It sort of transcends the journey or permeates it or something. It's different, right? And we'll talk about the Fool later this season and how it's different. So we'll get there. But with the three lines of seven cards, right, you have 21 cards and you can't really split it into two halves because it's not an even number. But if you tried to, basically what you'd have to do is just tear justice right down the middle. And this is something that forced me to make some design choices when I put together the 2020 transition because I couldn't exactly have half the cards in 2019 and half the cards in 2020. So I wasn't sure if I wanted to start with justice or end with justice. And in the end, I decided to end with it. I probably could have started and ended with it. Or, you know, if I was able to split that card in half, figure out a way to to work that in. But I wasn't sure if I wanted to have the fool be on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. That was another question that came up for me. Where does the fool make sense in this journey? It could also maybe be a card that you drew right at midnight and sort of fell between 2019 and 2020 which was also an idea I considered. But in the end, I sort of reluctantly decided to put the fool on New Year's Eve. These choices have everything to do with the fact that the design made things line up in a way I just described, right? Having 
the magician on January 1st, having the hanged man be the start of the journey, having justice be the end of the journey. It just seemed like the right way to do it. And it seemed like the best option, but it still didn't feel perfect for me. And of course, that's okay. Things don't have to be perfect and they never really are. Uh, but I still have that feeling, right? This isn't so perfect. But there was one element of the design of this tarot-assisted transition challenge that I did not see when I was constructing it. I noticed it later, and this happened on January 3rd, 2020, which was the 14th day of the challenge. And the question on January 3rd was inspired by the third major arcana card in the journey, the Empress. And the question associated with that day was, how do I nurture my personal growth? But it was, of course, the 14th day of the challenge, right? The third card, but 14th day. And something about just seeing those two numbers, I decided to look back at day three of the challenge and noticed that it corresponded to card 14 in the Major Arcana, which was Temperance. And there was this kind of numerological echo that had emerged after January 1st that only existed because I tried to cut the journey in half. After that echo emerged on January 3rd, or after I noticed it on January 3rd, right, it started on January 1st, I started to see something. So after I noticed this, that each card had sort of an echo of a card earlier in the journey, just based on those numbers, right? What I noticed is that the Justice card echoed the Fool. And if Justice echoes the Fool, then maybe Justice also sort of exists outside of the journey in some way too. You know, it's dead center of the journey. So much so that, again, we would have to split it in half to really cut the journey into two. So this Justice Fool echo is something I will talk about a little bit in this episode, and I will get deeper into both the Fool and the Justice later on in the season. But for now, all you have to know is that I noticed that there was this echoing, and it linked two cards together across the journey, and the two cards that were linked here were Justice and the Fool. And it really got me thinking about Justice's place in the Major Arconic because, you know, it had caused me so many issues in trying to figure out how to divide this journey in half. It was also this experience of seeing these cards emerge, these echoes emerge, that got me thinking about revisiting the Major Arcana in Season 4 of Rulock Radio. For a long time, I have wanted to consider how the Major Arcana journey can be a guide uh, through a healing or emotional journey. And this had been something that was simmering in the back burner for me, and I kind of thought, well, maybe someday I'll, it'll be an episode or a course, or maybe I'll even create some sort of, like, group experience that is based on the major arcana journey and facilitates a healing experience in a group of people but now i was seeing that there were also these systems and correlations between cards that had eluded me before this and that rulock radio season four could actually become a contemplation of the major arcana cards and trying to unveil right? Some of these systems that maybe I had missed earlier on. So it was in designing 2020 a tarot-assisted transition, designing that tarot challenge, that the seed was planted for season four of the podcast. 
And justice was so integral to that seed. And so I decided to start this season on a day that would give it a justice beacon card. But this also makes sense with the way I started to see justice. Halfway through the journey, we encounter this moment where things are sliced in half where we are echoing where we were before the journey even started, right? We're echoing that fool energy. We are reminded that anything could happen at any time. And it is justice as a card that delivers an invitation to a course correction or course realignment. And it's not that the course before was incorrect, but we need a new course moving forward. And this is just a preview of justice. I'm going to talk about it again later in the season but that's how i'm seeing justice these days is that it's sort of this moment where suddenly we're picked up on the path that we're on and we're dropped onto a new path and we don't really have a lot of agency so a lot of the cards we do have agency but the fool and justice that's one thing they have in common is we're just sort of picked up and dropped somewhere So for now, just think about it, Justice, as a card where suddenly we see a new path, or perhaps more accurately, that we are suddenly on a new path, and this path will take us deeper than we thought we could go before now. Sort of, we didn't even know we could go this far. That's kind of how it feels for me, as my view of the major arcana arcana is realigning, and I'm getting this deeper knowing, and I hope this season helps you to do the same. And as has happened to me so many times before, new systems and ways of seeing the tarot have been there all along and are suddenly revealed to me, and I can't really unsee them. So that's one of my goals of this season of Rulock Radio, is to unveil them to you as well. So it seems like an appropriate place to start is to look back at those, what I'm calling now, echo cards that revealed themselves during that tarot challenge, and to see the correlations between two cards and kind of understand how we can best utilize the healing offering of each of the major arcana cards in the second half of the journey by reflecting back on the card that is echoed from the first half of the journey. So later in the season, we're also going to look at something that I'm now calling resource cards. This is another sort of system that I've, that I've discovered. And this is kind of similar. Um, it supports us when we get to the second half of the journey in having a better understanding of how to best make it through. And the second half of the journey is where the toughest challenges arise, right? From, from hanged man on, there's, there's some really challenging moments. And so combined together echo cards and resource cards, and again, I'll talk about resource cards later, I'm talking about echo cards today, they can give us a lot of information about how to work with those more difficult challenge and challenging cards later in the major arcana journey and so that is a foundation of this season of the podcast so let's take a quick break and i'll be back to talk more about echo cards Rootlock Radio is made commercial-free by the generous support of its listeners. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can join our Patreon group. A $5 per month contribution gets you access to special deals and discounts, as well as access to the Rootlock Radio Tarot Discussion Forum. In this forum, hosted on Discord, 
You can chat regularly with me and other Rootlock Radio listeners. It is a great place to bring your tarot questions and reflections and to find support and inspiration in your tarot journey. You can also support me by purchasing one of my tarot PDF books or by enrolling in my self-directed virtual tarot course. All of this can be found on my website, rootlocktarot.com. Another great way to support the podcast that's totally free to you is to rate and review it wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps new listeners to discover Rootlock Radio. And of course, to keep up to date, follow me on Instagram at rootlocktarot and sign up for my email newsletter. Regardless of all that, you show your support by listening to Rootlock Radio. And thank you so much. this episode, I talked about how these echo cards came to my attention. If you split the major arcana into two, so one being magician through wheel of fortune, the second being hangman through the world, there is an echoing that emerges based on these numbers. And of course, you have to take out the fool and justice to have those perfect halves of the car- of the journey. So the first card of the second half of the journey, which is the hanged man, then echoes the first card of the first half of the journey, which is the magician. The second card of the second half, which is death, echoes the second card of the first half, which is high priestess, and so on. So when I get into what these pairings are in a minute, you'll hopefully begin to see why they are worth talking about. With the 2020 uh, tarot-assisted transition challenge, This echoing was reinforced by the way I split the journey in half and then put it back together, starting with the hanged man, working up to the world, then back to the fool, and then working from the magician through justice. So this design felt imperfect, as I explained before, but if I had designed it another way, I never would have discovered this echo. We hit card three, which is the empress, on day 14. We had hit card 14, which is temperance, on day three. And that's the way this echo was revealed to me. Now, the way I've been seeing the Major Arcana journey, it is one where we learn lessons, acquire skills, and prepare in the first half of the journey. And then we put our skills to use, endure challenges, and reap the benefits of these skills in the second half of the journey. So roughly, that seems to be the nature of the two two halves of the journey, right? If we're trying to split it into two. The first half is about resourcing. And the second half is about drawing on these resources to survive the journey and hopefully to get in touch with Tarot's version of something like enlightenment. You begin to really understand how far you can go spiritually as a human, as well as the limitations that being a human puts on spiritual growth, because there is a limit. And there will be more on that later this season too. Now, when I talk about us on the journey, This is kind of a metaphor. All of us are on the journey of our lives, of course, but it is not going to fit perfectly onto the 21-card journey of the Major Arcana. Real life just doesn't work that way. We don't just kind of go from one card to the next. But the cards give us a template or a roadmap or sort of an archetypal guide of what we want to do with our lives. And again, that is to go as far as we can spiritually as humans 
Tarot is here to help us do this. It is a tool for our emotional and spiritual growth, and it contains a metaphorical narrative of what it is trying to assist us in doing with our lives. So there's a narrative of a person journeying as far as they can go spiritually. And so it kind of gives us this template that we can use to try to figure out at different moments in our lives how we can stay on that path. So the echo cards are really reminders that we already learned what we need to know when we reach the second half of the journey. It's just about putting it to use. We already have the skill or the insight we need. It's about employing it in that moment. So when I get to talking about resource cards in a few episodes, you'll see there's some overlap, but it's a little different too. But I'll talk about that then. For now, think of the echo cards as like a little whisper in your ear. Remember when this happened? What you did at that time? What you learned at that time? How can you use that now? So when we're in the first half of the journey, which is the magician through Wheel of Fortune, the echo card is kind of a growth potential moment. You can look ahead to the card that is echoed later and think to yourself, I need to learn how to handle that or do that or embrace the invitation of that. And this card is going to help me. So an example would probably be really helpful, right? So for example, if you're struggling with understanding the invitation of a card like the Hierophant, right? You can look to which card is the echo card of the Hierophant, or more accurately, which card the Hierophant is the echo card of. So the fifth card in the first half of the journey is the Hierophant. The fifth card in the second half of the journey is the Tower. So the Tower contains the echo card of the Hierophant. And it can help you to kind of envision when you're at the Hierophant what seed needs to be planted and what you're building toward as you work with that energy. So in this example, the Hierophant is an invitation to begin to investigate the core of your spiritual resources more deeply. Because when you get to the tower, that will really help you to understand what the tower is for. If you have spiritual resources, you can really endure this time where there's things are just being like cleared out and destroyed in your life, right? So even if you lost everything, if you have that spiritual resource inside, you can survive it. So I'm going to cover this in a later episode where I take us through the first 10 cards of the Major Arcana. So, you know, this will all kind of, we'll be circling around these ideas a lot this season. So if you're lost at all, don't worry. But again, for now, we're thinking more about how these cards, we can look back at these cards uh, when we are in the major arcana cards above 10 as a reminder of the healing invitation of the card we're working with. So with the tower, we think back and we're like, oh yeah, I need to remember as I'm going through this tower moment what my spiritual resources are. So starting with the hanged man, which is the first card of the second half of the journey, The echo card is the magician, which is the first card of the first half of the journey, right? So when we are in a hanged man moment, we are stuck, right? We don't have the ability to move forward. And this can be so frustrating, but there is something to learn here. And the echo card tells us that we have already kind of learned it. 
Movement forward on the journey isn't always the marker of whether or not we are progressing. Our logical minds like to think that if we're moving forward, we're seeing progression in our life, so we must be doing the right thing, right? There's a lot of productivity guilt that happens when we are still or stagnant because we think we're not, we're not being productive, we're not moving forward. And the hanged man can really be a moment where you feel that, like, Ugh, what is wrong with me? Why can't I accomplish anything? Why am I not growing? And what we can really kind of feel like we're lacking abilities or that we're lazy or whatever else our self-critical voice wants to say during this moment of stagnancy. But the hanged man is here to show us that we can't always move forward and that that can be a good thing, that we don't always have the agency to take steps forward that are going to feel, you know, quote unquote, productive. Productivity doesn't always have to be the goal, even though things like capitalism want us to think that it does, right? So again, tarot often steers us away from these anti-spiritual ideas like capitalism. So the magician, which is the echo card here, seems from the outside to be a card of action and movement. But is it really? Just like the hanged man, the magician is standing still. The action is one of spiritual energy, one of channeling, right? The the magician has one finger pointed to the sky, one finger pointed to the ground. I think of the magician as this conduit of energy. So when we find ourselves in a hanged man moment where we're really thinking, man, I am stuck, I can't move forward. What we can remember is the magician. We don't have to be moving forward to be growing, especially spiritually. So if we're focusing on the markers of success from a human perspective, from the capitalist perspective, from this idea that we're looking at things like material wealth, promotions at work, salary, possessions, status, if we're looking at those things as markers of success, in the hanged man, we might not be doing so well, right? But we're ignoring this whole other realm where we could be growing and incubating and germinating our spiritual selves. So again, you maybe have heard me talk about this in the past, but there's like the human realm and the spiritual realm. And we often find ourselves moving into this human realm and thinking things like, "Uh, you know, I'm not moving forward. I'm not getting that promotion. I'm not taking the steps I need to. I'm not being productive. But we're neglecting the spiritual realm which is a place where maybe when we are stuck in some way, as far as moving forward with our goals, our external goals, when we turn to our spiritual selves, we might actually find that there's a lot of opportunity to growth. So it's an invitation to use that time of stuckness and stillness to open that channel, just as the magician does, because you won't have time for that channel to be open if you're always moving. I know this is something that I experience sometimes when I'm trying to you know, come up with new content for tarot stuff. I feel like my spiritual channel sort of needs to be open, whatever that means. Um, If I'm, if I'm anxious, if I've got a lot going on, if I'm too busy, if I'm not settled, then it's really hard for me to actually create this content that is more spiritual in nature. So that's what the hanged man's kind of teaching you is that like, it's those moments. And I look back to when I first created Relock Radio, it was a time in my life where I was really waiting. I had gotten into grad school 
and I was preparing to become a therapist, but I had deferred admission for a year. And I just felt like, man, I am totally stagnant right now. I'm doing exactly the same thing I'd been doing before. I was bartending and I needed something. And Rootlock Radio sort of came to me as, as something that I could do to, to feel like I was, I was channeling my energy into something. So that's really what I'm talking about with that hanged man energy and how the magician is the echo card. So let's talk about death, the next card. So death is the time when we're going through a transformation, the nature of which we cannot know we, when we are in it, right? Like it's like passing through this dark tunnel. That's always the image I think of with death. We cannot see what is happening around us and who knows what's gonna be on the other side, right? We just don't know what's on the other side of that tunnel. And this is why transformation can be so scary. Our human mind, again, the human mind is kind of what we're always battling here. The human mind wants to know what will happen and when it doesn't, it tends to do things like catastrophize and imagine worst case scenarios. So in these death moments, right, where you're going through a major change and you don't know what life is going to be like on the other side, pay attention to your mind. I wouldn't be surprised if your brain is coming up with these horrible worst case scenarios, right? And that's, that's the human side of things. But there's a lesson that we've already learned and that is in the echo card that whispers to us, remember the high priestess? The high priestess is a card that invites us to turn inward. So if we're going through a transformation and our focus is outward, of course we're going to think about all the worst things that can happen, right? We're just kind of like, oh my God, I, I don't recognize the world around me. I'm transforming. It doesn't feel familiar. So it feels unsafe. But the high priestess, right, reminds us that this is a good time to kind of turn inward to accept that we don't know what's going to happen and really make a lot of space for our subconscious mind, make a lot of space for our emotions, make a lot of space for the unknown. And we may know beneath our level of awareness why what is happening is happening. The high priestess invites us into that intuitive place where we can kind of be like, okay, I don't logically understand why my life is changing so much right now. I don't logically know what's going to be on the other side. But when I tune into my intuition, I'm able to think like, okay, I know this is right. I know this is the right thing. And, you know, I've been really experiencing that this year. Um, I've been going through some major transformations in my life and it's been scary. And I've definitely found my mind uh, catastrophizing, imagining that things are just going to be a disaster. And if I can turn back into my intuition, I think, no, you know what? This is actually great. Like, this is exactly what's supposed to be happening. I'm right on track. And I'm maybe even addressing some things that I've failed to address in the past. I know I'm being really vague, um, but I don't really want to share specifics at this moment. Okay. So the next card is temperance, right? The next card in that second half of the journey. Now, I don't need to tell you that compared to Hanged Man and Death, Temperance doesn't seem to be quite as uncomfortable. But sometimes the cards that feel like an easy moment or a like relief on the journey bring energies that are kind of easy to miss. So this is in all of the major arcana. All the cards are really asking us to do work. Um, and sometimes paying attention in these moments where things are feeling a little bit more easeful is hard. So 
that's sometimes the challenge, right, is to actually be present in that moment with what's happening that's positive. So all of the cards are bringing these big archetypal lessons that tap into major themes of human existence. And with these gentler cards, it can be easy for us to just miss them because it's just like more pleasant and we don't have to work so hard. And and oftentimes we'll kind of get distracted again by like, well, maybe something bad's going to happen. So being present with positive is, is maybe even harder sometimes. So another place in tarot that we can see this is like the ace cards, right? When we draw an ace card, the energy is available, but we easily waste or miss the opportunity if we don't do anything with that energy, if we don't channel it into something real in our lives. So that's a little bit of a tangent, but back to temperance. Um, Just look at the figure on the card, one foot on the land, one foot in the water, pouring water beautifully between these two cups. There's a lot of presence here, right? That's not easy. The figure is modeling for us what it means to be mindful, to be in the moment. Can you pour water like that? I know I can't. It would take a lot of presence. And that is how this card is for us, right? Like that's what it's, it's telling us. It's an invitation to feel emotionally sound and grounded. And the echo card, right? If we look at the third card in the first half of the journey is the Empress, which is all about being grounded and feeling safe and secure in a way that is about nurturing and feeling taken care of. So temperance is here to invite us to take care of ourselves from an emotional perspective by being present with our feelings and engaging with something like mindfulness. So the Empress reminds us that when we were children, we needed this, whether we got it or not, from people that were taking care of us, right? Our caregivers. It's their job to make sure that we're safe, make sure that we're fed, make sure that we're clean, you know, make sure that we feel like we're taken care of. And the adults who took care of us were tasked with making sure that we felt also emotionally safe and cared for. And again, a lot of caregivers fail at this, so this is not a universal experience, but, you know, that, that's sort of what that card archetypally is representing, is that, that receiving that nurturing. So temperance is telling us it's time to do this for ourselves. So it can kind of be associated with the concept like reparenting, like learning to give ourselves the things we need but did not get as a child, especially emotionally. And there is more to reparenting than this, but you get the picture. So now that you have an idea of how echo cards can offer us some guidance or support when we encounter a challenging aspect, or even a more pleasant card in the second half of the major arcana journey, I really just wanted to like kind of introduce the concept and it is quite likely I will putting, be putting these concepts into a more comprehensive major arcana tarot course at some point, something like that. Um, but for the record, the rest of the echo card correlations are this. So the echo card of the devil is the emperor. The echo card of the tower is the hierophant. The echo card of the star is the lovers. The echo card of the moon is the chariot. The echo card of sun is strength. And again, those of you that have an interest in astrology may notice that there's some association there, right? Like um, cancer, the sign of cancer is associated with the card, the chariot and the moon. And the sign Leo is associated with sun and the strength card. So, you know, there's an extra level of connection kind of emerging there. Um, But moving on, judgment, the echo card of judgment is the hermit, 
and the echo card of the world is Wheel of Fortune. And then again, Justice and the Fool are also connected. So as we encounter bigger and often more challenging energies in the later half of the deck, in the second half of that journey, we are reminded by the echo card of a time where we faced that energy in a smaller way earlier in the journey and we learned something that's gonna help us now. This can prompt us to feel confident and like we have some self-efficacy in facing the challenge and encouraging us to understand how we can rise to meet it, right? So if we run into a really challenging card like death or the devil or the tower, then we can look at the echo card and think, oh, okay, there's something there. there. There's something I already have that can help me through this, this card, this energy. I can look back to that simpler energy and think, how is this a continuation of that? So that's Echo Cards. And that's it for today's episode. I'm really excited to be back and to start this journey with you. And as we weave our way through the major arcana and find new levels and layers of systems of meaning, I think it'll be really enjoyable. And I'm happy to be here. So I'll talk to you all next week. Take good care. Bye. Rulock Radio is a podcast for uncloaking, learning, and exploring the tarot cards. It is written and produced by me, Weston. Music for the podcast is provided by Shenandoah Davis and Jeray. You can find links for both of these incredible artists in the show notes. To support the podcast, consider joining the Patreon community. And if you love Rulock Radio, don't forget to subscribe, leave a five-star rating, and write a kind review. To learn more about me and the tarot goods and services I have to offer, please visit my website, rootlocktarot.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join me next time for Rootlock Radio. Radio.